Hey guys, and welcome back to Las Amigas Cheetahs with a reminder to take notes, honey. Today is a very special day because we have our first guest. Yay! <laughs> we give a big round of applause for Kathy. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the amazing podcast of these two queens. Thank you, queen. Joining Thank us. You. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, Kathy, we want to get to know you and we're going to ask you a few questions. So tell us a little bit of where you're from and what you do. Sounds good. All right. So um, my name is Kathy. As far as where I'm from, born and raised South Central LA. So I'm an LA native. Um, hey. Part of <laughs> I know, part of what <laughs> I do um, career-wise is that I am a program coordinator for an upward bound program local to LA. And so I work with a lot of first-gen low-income students. You know, giving them the resources and support to get their foot in the door, especially with higher education. Um, and so that's what I do. <laughs> wow, that's so awesome. <laughs> um, so how did experience play a factor in getting your job? Mm -hmm. So to give a little bit of background, I am a, a TRIO alum. I am an Upward Bound alum. I was part of a separate Upward Bound program at a different university. And um, they really prepared me like with a lot of support. Um, I am a first-gen low-income student my, myself. And so coming from a family that didn't really, you know, know exactly how to guide me or give me the exact tools to navigate higher education, that's something that Upward Bound did for me. And so they supported me through high school, pushed me into university. Um, and then I ended up going to CSU Channel Islands and um, I ended up gaining more experience there through a migrant student leadership program. Um, and I did that, that was my first ever job, like ever. I think part of what I knew as a student was that I am not the type of person to be able to balance two things at once because, you know, I not knowing what the heck I was doing. I was confused. I was lost for a little bit of that first year. And so it wasn't until my second year in college, I was like, okay, I'm down to give back to students the way that the program gave back to me. And so that's why I'm becoming a resident advisor or resident mentor, um, where I lived in the dorms as students from all over California came to the university, um, studied there for two weeks on different STEM topics. And honestly, it was a challenge, but most of the time it didn't feel like a job because I was doing what I already love to do and what you know I know how to do I'm I do well with talking to students and helping people out and giving advice and all that stuff or at least I think I am yeah you have given us good advice. yeah um, and I think that's something amazing that you do in your job just because you know I feel like when I was at school, I didn't get a lot of that help that I needed. Maybe there was that help, but I didn't feel like they were there to like push me to that point that I needed to get. So like when I talk to you or you talk to us about what you do, I feel how passionate you are about your job. 
which is, you know, a lot of people just do it just for the money. And you're just like, you're genuinely so passionate about what you do. And I think that's just so beautiful. There should be more people like you. Yes. You're ah! just awesome, Kathy. More, more Catherine's in the world. Oh yes. <laughs> no, but I was going to say, can you give us um, an explanation on what Upward Bound is for anyone who, who doesn't know? Yeah, so Upward Bound is a federally funded program to serve people in lower income communities. A lot of the students are first gen, are low income, are sometimes academically challenged. You know, they may not have the best of GPAs. They may have the best GPAs. It honestly depends on the program that you go to. And so they offer a lot of workshops and support and um, a lot of resources to students. And I think everyone is in their own pace as your own individual anyway. So it really depends on the student on how they're engaging or not or um you know asking for help asking for help as a young kid like isn't easy you know at yeah. all no one wants to go out of their way to be like hey I don't know what I'm doing I need help sometimes you rather bury yourself in your little hole and be like well I'll deal with this later um yeah that I hope to you know ingrain in my students that they don't need to do that like that's what we're here for especially working now through a pandemic um no and like even like being in their footsteps before like you know exactly what they're going through like I think it's so beautiful to see like a first gen make it and then help a first gen student like it's the close yeah. connection yeah I know um and it, even I think that part like going into what I then continued to do at CI so after I did that summer job it was literally like a three-week job um, I ended up getting another position on campus as a peer mentor. And what I would do there is go to high schools all over Ventura County and basically practice what I preach, preach what I practice, um, telling them my story, <laughs> telling them where I came from. And I think for my experience, like I am not your straight A student. I never, ever believed that grades really identified or measured your intelligence or your knowledge or your education capacity like I never believed in that because I wasn't that student but when conversations or things or lectures happen in classes they stuck with me and I did my own research and I went on to have conversations and educate people on certain topics and so that for me made me even more passionate to go out and show these kids you don't need a 4.0 GPA to go to college. I applied to college with a 2.9 GPA, graduated high school with a 3.1, and then went on to do, I would say, good in college. Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, is what I did for uh, almost three years um, study. So that was my academic, I would call it job throughout college and then in the summers I would go back work with the upper bound that I was a part of and I was a resident advisor or a resident manager trying to provide that support no and that that makes sense because a lot of times kids don't really know like they don't know how to ask for help like you said like even me working with students who have disabilities it's even harder for them to ask for help and a lot of times they they like need the help especially autistic students who autistic students they seem normal and they act normal you would never know they had a disability but it's there it's like anxiety or it's other things that come into factors with how they how they're able to learn mm -hmm. no yeah you're right I feel like especially like now 
I mean, I know I like I struggled through it in the past too. Like as like you said, asking for help is not always easy. Just because you always like there's there's time where probably you feel like, oh, you're not smart enough or you're not in that same level that all the straight A students are at. So you're like, yeah. I don't want to ask for help because like I'm ashamed of like how, you know, how not good I am doing at school. So, you know. I think like what you've gone through and like what you're telling your kids at your at your job is like something so amazing because you know you're giving them you know that push and that hope that it's okay that you're not a straight A student like you can still succeed mm-hmm. and you know there's always going to be people there to help you through all that you know yeah so it's I, it's amazing I, I I mean I love what you do at your job it's just so it's great honestly and I was talking to Julia about this earlier my job and I feel like she can kind of relate to that one does not feel like a job oh yeah I am literally you know doing what I like to do having conversations with students where they make me laugh even during the quote-unquote tough times like you get over that and you get to enjoy you know seeing them build their first gingerbread house or doing their first resume for my seniors um so i work with all ages in high school seeing their um personal intake questions or eop questions for the cal state seeing the beginning mind you i started this job almost a year ago they didn't really know me so for them to open up to me during that process was amazing because i was able to read their stories i would see them i mean make them more comfortable by giving them my stories telling them look I'm not I'm not perfect you know I've gone through my own things as well so it's okay for you to open up in these um essays or staple statements and all this stuff and it's I love it like honestly the way they were able to open up was amazing so no and I feel as an educator like that's like the biggest part of your job is just like passing down knowledge because even I work at Hawkins High School and I had a professor who I went to Santa Barbara recently like present at my school to like my South Central kids and it just like makes you realize like wow like learning goes like full circle. And even you know adding on to the whole educator part that's what I why I decided to do what I wanted to do you know. So for those well I guess kind of backtracking a little. Um, I went to CI and I studied sociology with a double minor in Chicanic studies and art. Um, Three different passions of mine that all connect in some type of way. And that's something that I wanted to carry on within my career field. And so all the experience that I've talked about with MSLI, with the PEEP program, with um, working at the old Upper Bound program that I was a part of, and to now you know I guess you can call it my first big girl job as a career woman going into a different upward bound program it's all about giving back to your community and not forgetting about everyone that you know gave you a hand or uplifted you and supported you and really created an atmosphere for you to be able to grow honestly like if something scares you that means you're doing something right and I don't mean scared like you're in a scary situation I mean like If someone gives you an opportunity, let's say to be on a panel or to be in a 
interview board or any type of thing that's maybe out of your comfort zone, do it. Because the whole point is about expanding your comfort zone into your grow zone and, you know, giving yourself more opportunities to develop yourself as an individual, as a person, as a career woman, as a career Latina woman, like so many different labels. Like you just Mm -hmm. need to get into your grow zone. (laughs) Yeah, no, I remember I read a quote once that said like, growth is an uncomfortable process but it's like where you where you like grow your wings and like yeah like to fly yeah <laughs> yeah Kathy is there any advice that you have for the, our young cubs our young listeners yeah um I think when it comes to your journey do you um there are going to be a lot of people in your friendship circles, in your family circles that may not necessarily put up the, they may put up a front like they're supporting you, but behind the scenes, you're going to hear commentary. You're going to hear things going around. And I feel like you, you hear it a lot in different Latinx communities where I'm just going to throw one out there, um, you know, choosing a university for you or choosing a job for you. Our families only know so much, right? Especially for those of us that come from a working class family that clean houses, that work at companies that do this, you know, very hefty, Mm -hmm. right? There are certain things that they may not necessarily understand that you go through when you go off to college, you'll hear things about, you know, oh, well, they don't go to a good school, you know, because it's not UCLA or USC, or they're not really that smart because they don't have good grades or um, things of like, you don't really, for uh, Latinas, if you don't have a partner, you know, a lot of times that kind of lowers your status in families. And it's like, do you, I know, and I don't know why. (laughs) Girl, get your coin, get your education, do things for you first. If Yeah, and if you have a partner in that process, then you have a partner. But if you don't, like, you shouldn't feel ashamed about it. You shouldn't be shamed for it, you know? I love that. And so I would say that would be my best advice. Like, do you do what's right for you and don't really let anyone else, you know, step on your toes or try to come at you from a different angle where it's like, this is your experience. This is your life. This is your choices, your career, whatever path that you're going down, it's for you and maybe your family, like your parents or siblings. But at the end of the day, you're the one doing the hard work because it's draining, you know? It's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> but I think well, that would be my advice. Well, Do that's you great advice. I love it. Thank you for that. Well, Thank you, Kathy. Our listeners will tune in for that. But I did want to go into our topic, which we decided for this um, for this interaction with mm-hmm. Kathy was going to be cars slash driving. From what we've heard, you are a car guru so <laughs> i wanted to ask <laughs> she knows all things cars guys how long have you been driving now no i really i feel like i haven't even been driving for that long uh let's see honestly kathy when you drive i feel so safe in the car oh thank you like, <laughs> 
<laughs> I think I've been thriving for six years now, going on seven, going on six or going on seven. I, and I guess to backtrack y'all, when I was in high school and my first year in college, I did not care about driving. I did not care about cars. I did not care. Like, I just wasn't interested. You know, it didn't affect me. I didn't want that responsibility because I come from a family that, you know, my older brother's a mechanic. I hear about prices all the time. I hear about the, you know, commitment and the responsibility from my parents. And it's like, girl, I don't need that. I'm like 18, <laughs> um, which I know is a kind of the complete opposite of your normal 18 year old. But I was not down for that um, financial or time commitment. And so I just didn't care. Um, mm -hmm. But my first year of college, I went or at least my first semester, I went home every single weekend you know like <laughs> my poor mom or my brother or I had to take the train or find my way home like I just you know and I didn't live far from home I was an hour and a half away over the, the time having to go home every weekend and you know putting my family through that wasn't yeah. cool so my second semester, I started thinking about, all right, I need to get my ish together. So that's when I decided, fine, this year's the year I'm going to start learning how to drive. Mind you, I did have a car at home. I had a 2001 Honda Civic. Um, shout out to my cousin. That was her old car that she then yeah. sold on to me. Um, and that's how, you know, I started driving and stuff. But you know, it was a beat up old car. She wasn't going to survive you know Camarillo, Ventura, Oxnard, <laughs> you know um and so I ended up um having to then figure my life out and I was like all right y'all I live my university's in the middle of nowhere so you know going to go get groceries if I wanted you know to go out with my friends to get Taco Bell or ice cream or anything at night it was kind of impossible unless you went into uber oh that must have been so, <laughs> yeah um and so that's why i decided to then all right we're gonna start saving money working and i got my car ended up getting a 2010 honda fit and i love that car y'all so <laughs> fast guys so fast we try to catch up to kathy once we could oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I have a what what advice would you give you know all the you know the teenagers that are getting their their license and are or are starting to drive what advice do you give them on how to save money up for a car whether it be used or new like uh what what methods would you recommend for them to to do coming from the perspective of an advisor like I work with these students thinking about going mm -hmm. to college you know maybe you don't need a car your first year in school especially if you're going to very expensive schools where parking is up the arse and mm -hmm. you know <laughs> um the passes and figuring out the situation and all that stuff if you don't have a job then you can wait your first year I would say the first step into getting a car is one, figuring out what you can afford. You mm -hmm. don't need the brand new 2021 
ever fan call like start yourself from a humble beginning obviously if you have the finances or if your parents have the finances then why not go for it but there's nothing wrong with starting off with a used car or starting off with you know um your parents ended up getting a new one and they have an older car mm-hmm. you know what there are going to be times you accidentally bump that car on the freaking <laughs> curb or something happens you're going to feel less guilty doing that in an older car than you are in your brand new car so maybe that's where we could start yeah <laughs> from the perspective of of like at what I would think at a younger age um it would have been nice to have you know that car my first year but I'm very glad I didn't because I would have been real broke. <laughs> it is a commitment. You never know if something's going to happen to you. If you get a flat tire, if you need to get a tow truck, it'll change. Honestly, y'all, having a car is expensive. And, you know, you got to upkeep it, take it to the car wash, make sure, you know. Wait, let's give them like a list of what it is that you pay each month. So they know exactly what, like, what goes into a car. What are the things that go into, like, owning a car? You pay? So when I, so we took the car out from the dealer as a, my 2010 Honda Fit Sport was taken out from the dealer as a used car. Um, And let's, let's say I had a certain portion to pay a month. So that was one bill of, let's say, round up $200, which is very cheap for a car I do want to add that it is Uh, so we're gonna round up $200 for that car payment $80 for insurance because you need full coverage um your gas my car is a gas saving car however I was driving long distance so Bonica I would put gas one to two times a week um so I'm putting gas say between six and eight times a month $35 each time all right um mm-hmm. on top of that i am driving my car a lot i did have to get my tires rotated or changed often because safety first my oil change my car wash so like there was a lot of responsibility but again i was a long distance driver for two years so when i had my car um i moved off campus from school and had to commit commit commute um almost an hour each to go to school and to go uh-huh. to work and so that's why I think for me personally it was much more expensive than your typical first-time car owner so mm-hmm. mileage sister who is she don't know her she left <laughs> <laughs> no yeah that's so true having a car is expensive but um and Daisy how do you do it because I know you're a long distance driver too Oh, yes, Daisy, tell us. (laughs) Well, I just started uh, being a long distance driver recently this year. So um, I didn't have to go through that when I lived in LA. Like gas wasn't that bad. Like I'd put like $50 in the car and she'd be good like most of the week because, you know, the distance aren't that bad. But here at least like I have to put gas at least maybe twice a week mm-hmm. or even three times a week depending like also on traffic and stuff so it it's it's a lot and <laughs> I feel like I'm going broke at this point <laughs> it's just it's too much costs, yeah and the costs add up 
It does. Like, I kid you not, I have not washed my car in like a year. Daisy! (laughs) (laughs) I think I washed it once or twice last year. And then like the third time I did it on my own at at home because I was like, you know what, let me save those books. And then from that point, I think it was Halloween the last time I walked. So it wasn't here. It's on Halloween. (laughs) And then I never, I haven't washed it at all. I want to because I feel bad. She's so like dirty now, but it's expensive. And I don't want to wash her right now because it's cold outside. So yeah, I get you. I think when I have to look at the um weather I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you Daisy where you wash the car and then the next day it rains yes is that I hate that so much yeah. oh <laughs> honestly worst ever because you feel like you put so much energy and thought and love yes. in your car and then the next day is over with so yes I I and it gets muddy and oh yeah. no stop but yeah no, but I feel like your car was a lot cheaper than what I had to, well, what I'm paying now. Because, like, the cars that I used to have were my parents' cars. So, like, I feel like I didn't do that much, but maybe, like, put gas. Mm-hmm. Like, they did the whole, like, you know, like, insurance and, you know, the everything. So, yeah. And, like, now I know what they were going through. And, like, I have to pay so much stuff that I'm just, like, shit, like what did I get into like and the best (laughs) feeling ever though is once you're done with that so now my car is my car which you know at that point it's (laughs) I know just yes at that point it's like the best feeling ever because you feel accomplished you feel happy about your choice and then honestly yes just because when I do at least like one payment I'm like okay I did one I feel like I did something for myself yeah but no but in a way like I'm really happy that I have my own car because when I used to use my parents car I had to be like oh can I borrow your car to go out and like now I'm just like oh I'm going out and you know they're not asking like oh are you taking my car and I'm like yeah (laughs) now I'm just like yeah I'm taking my car (laughs) yeah it's it's either Daisy because right now my car is like the oldest one out of my whole household mm-hmm. so like both my parents and my older brother have cars that are like 2018 and newer and I'm over here with cruising with my 2010 fit but honestly like I love my car that car has been with me through it all I've been through a snowstorm rainstorms <laughs> the desert the mountains like <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? Honda Honda's a really good brand to have because my mom has her little Honda, the one that I used to drive to high school. Uh And that car, she's still running. She's still kind of she's kind of like having like engine problems, but she's still running, you know, like to go around here, like to the supermarket and stuff. So like Honda, like for all those like kids, you know, (laughs) teenagers that want to get a new car or a used car, a Honda's a really good like first car, I feel. Like, they're really good. But, okay, guys. So, we asked Kathy to bring in her favorite quote um, and to tell us what it means to her. So, we're going to go ahead and shine the spotlight on her. And go ahead, Kathy. I'll take it over. (laughs) Take Um, it over, honey. 
I know. <laughs> Part of one of my favorite musicians of all time, and a lot of people say that they are very sad and have sad music, but honestly pumps me up, is Sam Smith. Um, and so one of the quotes is from their newest album and song, Kids Again. And the lyric goes, did somebody, cha- did somebody change your world and now you don't look back? So when I think of that or like I hear that, everyone from a young age and I only bring this up because like obviously I've known Julia and Daisy since high school by the way I don't know if you <laughs> mentioned that oh yeah <laughs> We've known for a while <laughs> so a lot of times you grow out of friendships you grow into friendships and so if somebody changed your world and and you know maybe you don't talk to them or maybe you do I think it's a lot of that learning experience and growing and not being angry or mad about certain falling out friendships and stuff like that like you like for me I appreciate every single friend I've ever had because obviously they brought something into my life if we're not friends anymore then it's because it's not meant to be you know and so to me when I hear that that lyric of like being kids again you kind of think about everything that you've gone through and I have these moments all the time where I'm like damn like I did that I went through that and I survived because you know when you're feeling sad or happy or whatever emotion sometimes we forget to feel it and I yeah and I honestly want to learn how to feel my emotions and how to you know connect with earth and and feel good about where I'm at and shout out to Julia because I know she's been doing a lot of that connecting with yourself your what is it the chakras oh yeah my chakras (laughs) I've been wearing them I wore my rose one yeah so you've been wearing them a lot this week Mm -hmm. it's all about growth Mm y'all and that's what that means for me so did somebody change your world and now you don't look back it's not because you're not looking back for bad reasons but sometimes it's not good to dwell on the past and sometimes it's better for you to let go let yourself breathe and live again and you know do things all over again yeah live in the moment girl Mm -hmm. and I feel like how you said with those like experiences whether it be friendship you know the falling out and stuff I feel like you learn through every friendship you've ever done like you know with everyone because you learn from anything they do whether it was something good or something bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh sorry you just learn from that experience and you take that into consideration for like any future and you see what it is that you know you want in a per or you want to see in a person and things you don't want to see in a person Mm -hmm. so that was a really like nice quote from sam smith it was really good yes thank you whatever no kidding (laughs) no but we want to say thank you cassie we've been wanting to do this for a while and we appreciate your patience so so much thank you all for having me i know I say this all the time, but you are all beautiful friends, and I honestly really do love and appreciate everything that you bring into my life, all of our friendship moments, everything we've been through. I (laughs) know. know, It's been a a wild time, but... A long time, and we're not done yet. Exactly. (laughs) On to the next. Yeah, we just want to go ahead and wrap it up and say thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thank Bye, you so much, you guys. We love you. All our cheetah cubs, lady cheetahs. 
and all of the above. <laughs> See you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.